We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. Just one more thing. Hey now. Oh boy. Holy mechanical armies. Mom always liked you best. Oh, she did. <laughs> you wanted to be one word. What is the other word? One of these days. Are we having fun yet? It's gonna be legend. Wait for it. Now, you might very well think that, but of course I couldn't possibly comment. Bertie Helens agreed. Oh, come on! Missed it by that much. Good evening. Hello, and welcome to the Televerse, Sundance Sites TV podcast. This is Kate Kalzik, and I'm joined as ever by Simon Howell. Simon, big changes coming. How's it going? Yes, I am sort of in the middle of dismantling my existence at the moment. So... That's that's been interesting. I'm getting ready to move, and I just quit my job, and I, that's I'm gonna just devote myself to being a, a TV podcast hoster full time. It's a big step. <laughs> uh, no, not not really. The um, highly lucrative world of unpaid of television TV, podcasting. TV podcasting, yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, this it's it's a mess over here. But you just ran a marathon, so I don't get to complain about anything. <laughs> well, uh, once I'm uh, moving again in a semi-human fashion i'm currently at the zombie shuffle kind of phase mm -hmm. so once i'm able to walk downstairs normally i think uh it'll all be back on you as far as uh difficult and yeah um, i have yeah. to imagine it was the day after that was really tough um actually the day of was fabulous i hung out at ebert fest i got to see take shelter for the first time i met a bunch of really cool people there uh and the next day i was able you know it was lots of hurting and, and everything but I was able to drive home and teach and all of that. It's just, it's been sort of a sustained, my legs hate mm -hmm. me kind of situation. Apparently the Stinson method to marathon preparation is not a good idea. Although you did finish the marathon, which is I finished, quite yes. Something. That is, yeah, absolutely. I have a shiny medal and uh, it will be going up on my wall next to my other shiny medal. So I don't know that I'm going to do it again anytime soon, but... It's done, so that's good. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to your your big move and all of the excitement that comes with it. So we'll have you'll have to keep us posted. Really, I'm not looking forward to it, but all right, I'm glad someone is. Yay! There you go. There you go. We got some nice comments this week um, at the website and some tweets and all of that. I wanted to mention briefly. We heard from Ken, who primarily talked about community. Um, but I I, I wanted, wanted to mention Ken because he promised us a long reaction post. But never posted it. Ken, Ooh. what's going on? I believe he was going to call us to uh, take us to task about a couple of our things. Um, and but... for the record, by the way, before we even get there, I actually watched Community this week after endless hectoring from many, <laughs> many people. And you'll get to hear my thoughts on that later. But thank you, Internet, for making me watch Community is all I have to say. <laughs> you don't get to know yet whether or not I mean that sincerely. We also heard from Mario, who had lots of great comments. Um, he loved the live show for 30 Rock, so we're going to talk about that a little later in the show. It'll be interesting to see where his his thoughts on that kind of fit in with ours. Um, he says, Nurse Jackie is probably the best show that we're not watching. Uh, do you Are you interested in Nurse Jackie? Have you checked it out before? I'm vaguely interested. I mean, I am sort of wary of the seemingly insane glut of anti-hero shows on right now that i don't watch and they kind of all blend together because i don't watch them mm -hmm. uh, which is not fair but it is true uh so i mean i it, it might be nice to catch up on it sometime i don't know i don't think i can right now 
But uh, I, I, I have been hearing a lot of good stuff about this season, so I am curious. He's also looking forward to The Closer this summer and the Mary McDonald spinoff of that, Major Crimes, which should be coming up. So that should be interesting. And thank you, Mario, for your comments and for giving us a heads up on some cool summer shows to, to check out. Um, I, let's see. At Sound Insight, we have, of course, we have our articles, reviews of a lot of the different shows that are uh, that are going. I'm particularly, I gotta say, I'm particularly enjoying Adam's reviews of Mad Men. They kind of make yep. me feel stupid, so that's always fun. <laughs> and and then there there are lots of of shows that we're reviewing, and uh, we have mm-hmm. such a fabulous group of, uh, of of bloggers working for us. So we appreciate all their hard work, and think you should check it out. Um, I'm this week. I'm not sure what my uh, article is going to be. I kind of want to do something to tie in with the Avengers because I'm totally stoked for it. Have you gotten to see that? No. Um, I'm only vaguely interested, to be honest. <sighs> but that's what Sound On Sight is for. I'm <laughs> sick of... I'm kind of sick of superheroes. I'm sorry. And the idea of watching a whole movie full of, like, loads of them, I'm sure it'll be, like, fun, but I'll probably forget about it right after I've watched it. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, so keep your eyes on soundonsight.org for, for more fun... Uh, reviews and and articles going up over the course of the week and uh, i think we should we have a lot of shows this week i think we should yeah, dive it's, in it's it's heavy yeah to, so to try to speed things up a bit i'm gonna dive in with uh my roundup of what i watched and then you have a show that you watched that i didn't so let's let's start with that and last week uh due to we had a, a particularly long show I, I skipped over a couple of these series that you don't watch. I wanted to check back in with them. We have uh, Cougar Town, Money Becomes King. Um, I, I've really been enjoying the last few episodes of, of Cougar Town. This season as a whole, I think, has been pretty consistent and strong. I really like in this episode that they're progressing Lori, getting her out from her assistant job where she does nothing, um, working for Jules. And, and um, I, I just this whole Lori makes cakes that look amazing plotline has been a lot of fun for me also watching a, a surprisingly mature and realistic take at two people you know getting married and trying to kind of mesh their lives together when they're in at a later point in their lives you know not in their 20s and their 40s uh it, it has been interesting and i think they've done a really good job with that that continues this week with you know are they gonna sell one of the houses all of that stuff with with jules and grayson um but yeah i've been really enjoying cougar town and uh, i don't i kind of doubt it's gonna get a pickup for next season so it's sort of just enjoying it while it while, while it finishes out its run well, stranger things have happened stranger things have happened this past week with uh yes fringe but we'll we'll talk about that i'm sure when we get there um now i'm gonna talk vampire diaries and after a couple weeks of no spoilers i'm gonna spoil so isolation Uh, chamber for simon here do not go gentle is the episode this week and uh they of course we had the the death air quotes of alaric who's now a new original and all sorts of craziness going on in the show i think a lot of the scenes with his alaric's transition were were really well written and played but Unfortunately for me, uh, the the strength of some of that was undercut by how similar these scenes were to earlier in the season when Caroline's dad made the same decision. And those scenes were just so intense and powerful that this time it felt a little repetitive and it wasn't quite as effective for me. I'm sure we'll get all sorts of craziness coming uh, in the next couple of weeks as we go towards the finale. Uh, but good episode, not amazing. I'm going to get Simon back in here. So I have more thoughts on Vampire Diaries up at soundinsight.org. 
you can check that out there to see my fuller thoughts on the episode. Next is Supernatural, the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo, which I had a lot of fun with. It was a heist sort of Ocean's Eleven-y kind of episode. It prominently featured Felicia Day. What's your what's what's your take on Felicia Day? I you know I didn't even know she existed until a couple of weeks ago. Oh wow! I was yeah I was I was at work and I noticed that she was starring in some horrible looking um, direct to video fantasy uh, vehicle. But I thought, wait a minute, why is her, why is she so prominent here? And then when I was staying in New York, someone was watching um, Eureka. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's who she is. And then that's when I realized that she's this huge geek phenomenon that I just had a total blind spot towards. So go figure. Oh, okay. Well, she was on uh, Supernatural this week. She was great. She was a breath of fresh air. And uh, I know she's a bit divisive amongst some of the internet community because a lot of people love her. But then there's, of course, always going to be a a subsection that has a reaction against that. Um, But I thought she was great. And it really pointed out how much supernatural needs some recurring female characters they keep introducing female characters for one one episode and then they usually they kill them off uh occasionally as in this case they will survive and then we just don't ever see them again but in my review at sunset.org i listed there were there are about i think seven or eight characters at this point that are going to look like they will feature prominently into the last couple episodes of the season and one of them is female She's not even really female. She's a demon in a woman's body. So she's, you know, clearly it's a bit of a sausage vest over at Supernatural at this point. Um, But yeah, fun episode there. Then we had Lost Girl Scream a Little Dream, which was, I think, a lot of fun and a nice sort of take on the the fear demon or the, the get you in your sleep kind of an idea. Very well played, and uh, I'm and I, like I said, I didn't check in with Lost Girl last week, but they continue to do excellent work. I really think they've they've done a great job establishing the rapport between the the main characters, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I've, I've really been enjoying Lost Girl. Is it, do you think this is one you're ever going to check out? Um, I, again, I'd I'd like to, and I should. It's strange that you've seen all of this Canadian series and I've seen none of it, <laughs> but um. Yeah, then when I have time in my life to watch to, to add new series, that's something I'll I'll, I'll consider. Yeah, we, when you're not moving and trying yeah. to watch Lost and trying to you know all, all these other things. Too. Hey, I'm not trying to watch Lost. I'm speeding through Lost. I'm you're actually done. ahead of me right now. That's Boom. Kind of, yeah. So so that that uh, finishes up my roundup. You have you watched South Park this week. Yes, I watched the. It's already the mid-season finale. Uh, of course, they've been do they've been sticking to their structure for quite a while, where, where they do seven episodes at the top of the year and then seven in the fall, which seems to be working for them. Uh, I haven't been watching steadily, but I did decide to watch this particular episode. I've heard it's been a really spotty season so far, but I have to say I was amused as hell by this uh, finale. Like most recent episodes of South Park, it all sort of hinges around one joke. Uh, in this case, that uh, Cartman really wants to set Token up with the uh, what what turns out to be the only black girl in school, and he's very sweet and he he sort of sets it up as this very sweet and innocent courtship. But of course, he's doing it because he has horrible horrible ideas about race mixing, <laughs> and and you're laughing because it's funny and they do it really really well and they they really milk it for honestly any episode that's oriented around cartman's rich inner life and by rich i mean disturbing uh tends to be great and this one 
it really milks that for all it's worth. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's a sign of more goodness to come. Compared to the mid-season finale they did last year, which was You're Getting Old, certainly not daring by the show standards, but uh, but a very solid outing, I thought. Yeah, I was very. I was surprised when you mentioned it was the mid-season finale. I feel bad for have you know having missed out on so much of of the you know the show or half of the show for the season. I I, I have been meaning to check back in with it, but apparently I need to make it more of a priority because I just missed half of the season. I well, I I missed most of it as well, so you shouldn't feel too bad. <laughs> but let's let's go into our regular uh, week in TV. Now we're going to start back over at Tuesday and uh, and start with New Girl Tomatoes. Which I, I think kind of ended the show's recent winning streak, if you ask me. I mean, it was it had its okay bits, but it, it's, it's always kind of a bummer when a show that's on a really great roll of just fun and funny episodes decides that, oh, now we need the plot to kick in. <laughs> and that's sort of what this week felt like to me. And it sort of did it in the most sort of obvious way possible and with broader jokes than usual, like oh, the Russian chick has a Russian accent, and that's funny, and uh, Schmidt has a broken penis, and that's funny, and it, but it wasn't. Nah, I, was, I, I was a little disappointed. I think I liked the episode more than you did, but I was definitely disappointed in particularly the ending. I was bummed that they got rid of Dermot Mulrooney so quickly. Um, I enjoyed him on the show, and I also enjoyed the... The only time anyone has ever said that sentence. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think he's fine. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but I liked the 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 dynamics that it put the group in i liked the daughter i li I thought that there was interesting things to be done there there were interesting yeah things to fair be done enough there. plus just nick's man crush was just pretty yeah that, i mean that that to me was the best part of having Mulroney around but uh so i was just pointing they ended that so quickly but m more than anything um while i am excited to see the waitress back for lack of Mary remembering Ellis, yeah yeah for not remembering the characters i think caroline or is that yes yes um uh the the ending with the two with jess and nick was so on the nose and not funny it was just kind of painful uh to watch him squabble like like children um i don't know it just it was it was disappointing to me yeah Yep, I agree. Then on uh, on Thursday, nothing else on Wednesday, nothing else on Tuesday. I miss you, Justified. On Thursday, we <laughs> yeah, have right. uh, Community and Basic Lupine Neurology. And I'm just going to just start this out with I loved this episode. It was a Law & Order kind of episode. And I have seen so much Law & Order over the years. I enjoy the, the series and the format and all of that. So I loved this episode. What, what did you think? I've probably seen just as much Law & Order as you. I was thoroughly indifferent to this. I'm sorry. Oh, you've got uh, to be kidding me. I'm sorry. I the was, ME showed up. As, as, as has happened to me every single time I check back in with Community, I watch it and my eyes just glaze over. I mean, credit is due to Rob Schraub, who directed the episode, and he's one of Dan Harmon's old Channel 101 buddies. He has a very fine... He has a very good eye for parody. He... And I don't know whether he actually got help, like, in terms of um, getting help through NBC of figuring out exactly how they shot Law & Order in terms of technical specs and stuff, but he does do a really good job mimicking the look of the show in terms of camera movement and cinematography. That was great. But, you know, th there were things I appreciated, but I almost never laughed. I oh, maybe man. chuckled once or twice, but I'm sorry. I'm just... Guys, I keep trying to tell you, internet, I'm just community doesn't do it for me 
I don't get it. I don't understand. Oh, I laughed so much during that. Like as soon, just something as small as uh, having though the way that they shot Neil looking up the names of who had the keys, it was perfect. It was exactly how in an early episode of Law that, and I also like the specificity of some of these things. You could identify that as. This is something they would do in early Law and Order. This is something they would do in this kind of era of Law and Order. And, it's, and, so, and I can totally appreciate that, but it's not funny, at least not to me. Oh, it was. Oh, oh man, we oh, I just we watched a different show. That's that's so crazy to me. Uh, but no, I guess comedy same, is. We watched the same show. We got different brains. Different brains, I suppose. But yeah, comedy is just such a subjective thing. I guess you know what what makes you it's well it's subjective and it's objective the objective part being did i laugh then it worked the subjective part being what's funny um but oh man that's crazy see for for me for example it was so much more entertaining than the 30 rock live episode but i have a feeling for you you enjoyed 30 rock more um not much more uh i mean you know what i think the difference is there's something about, and I, I, as a preface, I didn't even see the last 30 Rock live episode because I wasn't keeping track of that season. So I'd never, I had no idea what to expect. And I, I had no idea it was going to be so raw and SNL-like, which was kind of neat to see, although I imagine didn't do much for you. Um, the, I guess the reason that worked for me a little better is I just got, and I guess some people found it annoying, but there's such an infectious sense of of fun to what they're doing and the, the, and just the how how can I say this without sounding like a dick the performativity <laughs> of it uh, to, to me was a lot of fun and uh, and I first of all can we just give props to Jane Krakowski who I think schooled almost everyone in the cast on how to nail things like perfectly I don't know I I thought she really she stood out to me as being particularly great but although actually maybe we should just confirm we both watched the East Coast feed right Yes, and it sounds like the East Coast feed uh, was was better than the West Coast feed, from what well, I'm hearing. Well, the West Coast feed had Kim Kardashian, so. Well, and then also the Dr. Spichemin, uh segments were were changed. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. To to me, like it definitely wasn't a great episode, and it was definitely way too in jokey. But I don't know. To to me, it just had this 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 energy and this sense of spontaneity that was fun. But it it really wasn't more than that. And yes. As we, uh, as you mentioned to me earlier, John Hamm was fantastic. Yeah, I think he was probably my favorite part of of the uh, the episode. I, so I mean, I I could see from some people. I know that, for example, Mario, like we said, really enjoyed the Thirty Rock live episode. Some of the other people that I talked to on Twitter really enjoyed it too, and they seem to particularly enjoy all the shout outs to classic television. To, uh, so the honeymooners and laughing yeah. and, and for me, particularly the honey honeymooner sketch, it just, it just lied there. It just was a complete dud. It, it was one joke uh, about how he was going to, you know, continue to kill her in interesting and creative ways, as opposed to bang zip straight to the moon. But it, that everybody's made that joke. That's not a new joke. That's something ever you know, anybody who is has any sort of knowledge about television and its history and its beginnings knows that joke. And so the fact that that sketch went on so long, it, it felt like they were trying to come, you know, start at it's funny, then you you know you say it three times and it's not funny anymore, and then you say it seven times and it comes back around. For me, it never came back around. Um, and the same thing, the laughing 
part was not funny to me. The the Dean Martin kind of show was not funny to me. The only thing that actually I think was funny was <laughs> the uh, the John Ham uh, John Ham in uh, pseudo blackface in pseudo blackface. Just and particularly the second cut to that was just hilarious. Although although can I just say and maybe I maybe this wouldn't maybe NBC wouldn't have gone for it. But I'm sorry. But if he'd been in full on blackface, I don't think I would have been able to handle it. <laughs> In, like I think that would have just been too funny, and also much more offensive, but yeah. also a lot funnier. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think he does. He's John Hamm has proved himself to be absolutely game when when it comes to SNL and these other comedy bits where he pops up. I thought he was great here. I also enjoyed Zuby Zuby Zoo. That was that was uh, well done. I thought, but the overall structure of the episode is very different than the last uh, the last live episode. The last live episode did not feel like. Yeah, we're gonna stick everybody in a room and then we're gonna cut to to sketches. So it, right, yeah. It was a very it was a very different thing. It didn't work quite as well, but it yeah. this, so this didn't was feel much like more rock. SNL like, I assume. Yes. Yeah, and, and I don't if I wanted to watch SNL, I'd watch SNL. And it I could definitely see that they were having a lot of fun with it. Um but it just the the for me, their sense of fun did not translate to my sense of fun fair enough and, and, and like, and like I, I said i didn't even like amy poehler that much i thought she was wasted i thought uh bringing in jimmy fallon i think i would have had way more fun if they had brought billy baldwin back oh actually i changed my mind um i think actually fred armison got the biggest laugh out oh, of him just that was pretty great yeah his, his, his bizarre little appearance yeah it was fantastic he needs to be on more things um in general but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't love it, but I still, I got more genuine enjoyment out of it than I did Community. So oh. suck it, internet. <laughs> Next, uh, we have uh, Eagle Heart and Silly Sammy. And uh, I just get, I've officially drunk the Kool-Aid. I loved this episode. I thought it was hilarious. What did you think? I actually, I didn't like it quite as much as last week, but they definitely are going full bore with the strangeness this season even more than they did in the first, which I'm really enjoying. I, I think it's... It's definitely reaching almost children's hospital levels of being able to cram really dense concepts into very short periods of time, uh, especially just in that cold open, which almost wasn't even comedic. Just like some, it was like a more twisted version of something out of like a supernatural procedural, or supernatural, um, <laughs> or yes, like supernatural. Yeah, sure. Um, which which was interesting. Uh, Ben Stiller was a weird surprise. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but of course it can't take more than a day to shoot an, shoot an appearance on a show like this because it's only 11 minutes long. They definitely, it, it was grosser but less funny to me than last week. But but still, I mean, it's Eagle Heart is a good time for sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Ben Stiller and uh, for it sort of reminded me in a way of the, uh, the, 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 the Eastbound and Down with Will Ferrell, except that I liked it this time, <laughs> mm -hmm, um, yeah. but I also really enjoyed Whit Hertford as Tommy Tumbles, and he's somebody that pops up here, here, you know, here and there, and is a more of a character actor. But I thought he was just so much fun in in his little mm -hmm. bit part as Tommy Tumbles as well. Br Brett Gelman to me is is sort of the the standout for me so far this season, if only because they've been. It seems like they've been content to sort of have Chris Elliott and Maria Thayer be a little bit more one note, and they've just been really running with his insanity and. His many little bits of just of internal monologue and just and t an utter uh, disconnect from reality have, have I think been the most consistent sources of comedy for me. Yeah, it's been a, it's yeah. It's, 
like like we you can remember just two weeks ago was the premiere and i was nonplussed you were totally and, cold on it yeah and uh i i would actually i think i should this week i should watch the premiere again and see if i have the same take on it or now that i'm more familiar with the show if if I enjoy it more to see if it's the episodes that are different or just my yeah. viewing of it. But. And if you, and if you want to check out older episodes, I only have two words for you. Sky crime. I'm going <laughs> to let you figure out what that means. Okay. Sounds good. Um, next we have awake and game day and uh, some, the, the promos really missold this episode, but we got to see a little bit of where they're heading with at least one of the universes. Right. What did you think? Yes. Um, this was another sort of iffy episode for me, at, uh, sort of along with last week. The actual... I actually think if they have to contrive a way to keep him in Oregon in uh, in in the wife world, mm -hmm. then that's sort of an interesting way to do it, I think. Yeah. Uh, if, if It's almost slightly soapy, but it works. That's yeah. fine. And it's and it's believable in terms of what the, how the characters would react. The actual uh, procedural aspect this week I thought was dull as dishwater. Um, this, this episode was co-written by Howard Gordon, and it seems like this he it seems like he could write this in his sleep and maybe did. <laughs> uh, I mean, how could anyone not know immediately, for instance, that that it was in uh, in Sunworld? Was it the um, that it, that it was the wife who mm -hmm. did who arranged the who yeah. arranged the fire? Like it was. Like two seconds. Anyone who's ever watched a cop show would figure that out immediately, and that's the only time mm -hmm. uh, that I can think of on this show that it's been that obvious. Yeah. Well, and even the uh, the other the, the 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 Rex world, and as opposed to the Hannah world, the the Rex world case was similarly uninteresting. I thought yeah. I I would be very curious to know at what point of the season they took their production break to figure out what where they were going. Because mm -hmm. they they got part of the way through the season and then they they t they broke um, to really so that the writers and producers could really figure out what they were doing. And uh, based on the past few episodes, I would not be surprised if it was two episodes ago because they started introducing these really interesting surreal elements with the penguin and the talking uh, drive-through thing. Right, and these yeah. past two weeks, it's been completely gone. And I was far more interested in in that show than in what this totally, is. Totally, yeah, totally. It was definitely um, disappointing. I, I did think the stuff with Rex was pretty solid. Uh, yeah. That was the one thing that did surprise me because w I was sure that, I don't know why, but I was sure that with the whole Emma thing that he was going to find out she was raped. Or that That's where I thought that was heading for some reason. And the whole pregnancy thing sort of threw me for a loop, even though it should have been the first thing to occur to me. It was the uh, first thing to occur to me, but it was still played so, well. So, yes. And now, now you know how my brain works. Really. <laughs> Weird. So, um... Yeah, but uh, yeah, as as usual, uh, Dylan Minnette is actually quite good, which is a nice marked contrast from. I actually watched this right next to Smash, <laughs> which made it which made it extra awkward. But we'll we'll, we'll get, get there. To that later. Yeah, but yeah, the ending I thought was was good. The rest of it was pretty forgettable. Well, and I'm glad that there, it's not something with his job. It's not him un being unwilling to go mm -hmm. to leave. It's not some conspiracy thing. It's not thank some God. conspiracy thing. It is. And I like the way that he puts it together, and I, it makes sense. And it it it, uh, it I think it played to the strengths of the series and his current experience, like what he's you know between these two worlds. But he was mm -hmm. able to just kind of think about uh, you know a couple things here and there, and and piece it all together. So I, I actually I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I actually also just want to mention, I think the best scene in the episode for me was when Rex breaks him the news of why she was upset. Yeah. And he handles it. He's, they do that perfectly. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's angry, but he's not, but he doesn't blow a gasket over it because what would be the point? I and mean, exactly. it already happened. He, he's clearly already freaked out enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really, can you imagine how certain other shows we watch? Oh my God. That? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anyways, yeah, there, there's there's still elements of tastefulness there. They just need to take it more interesting places. Definitely. Next, we had Fringe Worlds Apart. And this is a bit of a return to the the regular season four arc with the with David Robert Jones and uh, the the universes. I have a couple questions for you. I'm curious what you thought of the episode, particularly considering you weren't a big fan of last week's. But also, do you think that the this is permanent? That they that we are done with the other universe? A, uh, there were no observers this week, so I was happier. I think they're, it's very, it's pretty much cut and dry to me that they're my least favorite thing about the show's mythology, at least currently, and they're totally absent this week. And I do think they did a really good job sort of beefing up the David Robert Jones threat. I thought that was, in. I mean, you know, they're using fringe logic, but, you know, whatever, fringe logic is, is enough logic for fringe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was that was great. As for the whole severing the ties between the universes, and is that going to be permanent? No, there's no way. I mean, they'll. I think I think the standard for Fringe is maybe it'll be permanent for half a season. I I think that's about average. We can say, and I don't even think they're going to make it that long. I mean, it, and maybe who knows? Maybe we'll even visit Earth Two, regardless of whether or not they have ties to Earth One or whatever other alternate Earth or whatever the hell people are calling it now. Um, I don't see any reason why they couldn't do that. Um, so I, anyway, I, I don't think, I mean, it's, I do think they wring some good pathos out of the severance, but I don't see any reason that we won't see them or that we couldn't see them rather. We may not, but I don't see any reason we couldn't. I seem to be the only person who actually thinks that we aren't going to see the other universe anymore. And, uh, yeah, because I was reading other reviews. I have my review up at Sound on Sight, and I was reading other reviews, and pretty much everyone uh, that, that I read thinks that we are definitely going to be seeing them again. And there is a good point to to be made that Olivia's cortexophan ability, one of her cortexophan abilities, is to cross universes. So she, you know, with the right trigger, she can go across without it destroying everything. Um, but the the biggest thing for me is that, as we should mention and discuss a little bit, Fringe just got a season five pickup for 13 episodes. And the the Fox executives are on record that the show loses them money. And what's an easy and and straightforward and quick way to cut down your budget expenses? Get rid of cast, like Lincoln. And and not have to shoot all of your scenes double because you have the same actor in them twice. True. Although another really good way to cut your budget is to go from twenty four episodes to thirteen. So maybe that did the job already. Well, but it doesn't cut your per episode cost, and that's what that's what they're looking at. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we really you know we don't know much about sort of the backroom dealings and what they had to do to get the to get this deal made. I mean, it's also to some degree in their interest to get to a hundred episodes. Cause that's still a thing. So, yeah, you know, maybe they didn't have to sacrifice too much. I mean, the, the fringe showrunners have been saying that the, I know they shot two endings and they've been saying that, that the end of this season is going to be just as sort of, so just, just as mind fucky as, you know, the mm-hmm. other season finales have been, if not more so. 
and what that could possibly mean, I honestly have no idea. Well, it just seems uh, to me that we saw the episode last week, and that was, by all accounts, uh, a bit of a preview of what season five is going to be. So it makes sense to me that season five is going to pick up with uh, with Red- with Etta and the Fringe team in the future fighting the Observers. Uh, maybe. I kind of hope not. I mean, that, as I've said before, that world is not of that much, at least as we mm-hmm. saw it, is not that interesting to me. And I'm going to be just... I'm going to be harping on the show the entire time on getting the observers ironed out in terms of just what who they what just what they can do and mm-hmm. what they can't do, which I don't think they've done very well at all. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, historically, Fringe has fun finales, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Is next week the actual finale? Have I forgotten? It, next week is part one of the finale. It's a two-week <laughs> finale. Of course, it is. So yes, but but no, no. <laughs> okay, I, but we should. I mean, because. Yeah, we are, of course, we're running long because there are so many interesting shows to talk about this week. But um, but we should talk about some of these scenes. We finally got a Walter and Walter in it scene. We haven't really gotten a yes, scene between the two that, of them. I, yeah, not really ever, yeah. And I, I, I thought the Olivia and Folivia scenes, there were a couple of them were, were really well done and beautifully written. Um, the I, I would have liked to get more with Astrid and Ostrid. But even just the, the very little thing we got, just that little wave, felt really appropriate to the characters. Yes. Um, I'm just, I'm really going to miss that. Yeah. Although, can I just say, and I know maybe thinning out the cast, etc., but the whole Lincoln Lee deciding to go to the other universe because he's got a thing for Folivia. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's kind of a stalker move. It kind like, of is a stalker leave, move. Leaving behind everything you've ever known just to follow some woman around. Well, okay, but... They establish that he doesn't have any friends and he doesn't have any family in the the regular universe. They establish that he likes going over to the other universe and not having to lie about his job. He's he's been there for maybe two weeks. Yeah, but he has to 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 make a call and uh, I guess he doesn't have anything tying. I, mean, I think that was the significant thing about his his feature yeah. episode I, I was just saying if 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 i did that in real life i think people would look at me askew yeah and i think i think they could have done a better job of having it not just be because of folivia because that's that's creepy and uh yes and okay i'm glad you agree no I'm it's definitely creepy because okay thank you they're just kind of friends <laughs> at this point and he already was you know they, they, they did a poor job of 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 lincoln pining over olivia so the fact that he's now smitten with faux Olivia, yeah. it's it, now I get to have my own Olivia. Yeah, he's a feisty redhead. You know, it's uh, that. You know, I, I think that it's. I choose to give them the benefit of the doubt that it's more, you know, nuanced than just she's pretty and she doesn't have a boyfriend. Although according to you, we're never going to see them again. So what yeah. does it matter? No, well, it's true. We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm looking forward to to the finale. We should move on to Sunday and Bob's Burgers Dr. Yap. To me, uh, first of all, this ruled. Uh, second of all, um, this to me, and I can't think of another episode that was so divorced from the Bob's Burgers concept of this family works at a burger restaurant, which we get almost, which is roughly 0.1% of the episode. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's just this bizarre sexcapade with, um, with Linda's sister, which I, I don't know, personally, I thought this was hilarious, and I, I like the way they sort of, they're, little, they're sort of sweet, but also slightly strange twist on what to do about infidelity, I thought was, was mind for 
for appropriate comic potential. Um, yeah, for me, this was not nearly as strong as the rest of the season has been. Um, I didn't think it was bad. Of course, you know, it's funny. It's an entertaining show, but um, I don't I, for whatever reason, while I enjoyed Ken uh, Jiang, I, I was a little put off by Megan Mullally as the sister. It The the character was, this is going to sound strange, the character was a little one note for me and, and not dimensional. And it was just, it was predictable in a way that was disappointing to, to me. I did really enjoy, though, the, the subplots with the children and the, the challenges. And the jawbreaker. And and the um the eldest daughter's uh just uh, thing for Doctor Yap I think was also yeah. pretty. Fun. I was a little disturbed by the t- by the tooth pulling scene though that seemed like a bit much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely did. <laughs> that but... was a darker avenue than they tend to go. Yeah, yeah. The 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 various uh the various challenges though I think were were probably the highlight for me this week. Yeah, well the kids very rarely go wrong. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to girls and all adventurous women do. For for me, this was a much stronger episode than the first two, and this is also the third of the the, ep- the third of three episodes that critics were sent originally when they were reviewing the show. And for me, after watching this episode, I actually understand all of the the praise that was being heaped on the show to start with, and it just kind of points out for me the 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 flaw in doing that where we watched the the pilot we watched the second episode and at least for me i did not understand where all this crazy praise was coming from and so so seeing this episode i get it a lot more and i think i'm on board for the rest of the season what what about you i think we're totally on the same page i mean i think they were kernels of goodness or even greatness in some of the episodes but this it definitely clicks i think both comically and dramatically in a way that the other episodes haven't. And it's not even really that dependent on the other episodes to work. It just, it feels like as as its own thing, it, it works much better. Um, and it's also kind of surprising is the way the, the, uh, the guest cast kind of gets really interesting out of nowhere this week. Yeah. I mean, uh, James LaGrosse and, um, and Catherine Hahn show up mm-hmm. and, and then something I really wasn't expecting, which was Yorma Takone as like this misogynist seductor, <laughs> which is a casting move I would have never seen coming a million miles away. But he was great, mm-hmm. and I, I thought that was interesting. Although I, I, I did, I finally had like sort of a minor epiphany while watching the show, which I was sort of was told I should be having from the start because it's so groundbreaking. Um, which was in the scenes with uh, Lena Dunham and her. Ge- suddenly gay ex-boyfriend i was having a really hard time watching the show because i apparently like i can watch louis on louis be emasculated and embarrassed and have horrible things happen to him and i can find it totally hilarious but when it's happening to like a 23 year old woman i I seem to have a really difficult time Mm -hmm. finding any enjoyment in it and that's not really the show's fault Mm -hmm. but i i I did notice that discrepancy while i was watching it yeah it's uh, i think a lot of this episode is is just so much more interesting because there's also the elements uh, there from the first two episodes of she's trying to find a job, she's not used to having to actually take care of herself and, and, and all of that. But I actually enjoyed elements of these characters this week. I, I you know, the, the cousin just the 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 
dad of the person that she the kids that she's babysitting comes home and she just starts spouting off about how she kicked one of the kids and she totally Mm -hmm. smokes pot and just you know just the honesty and i don't just that that element of that character was was really entertaining and and different and that compared with the uh the just the the, all the different dynamics within the episode and particularly the scene that you mentioned i think is is really strong and and I finally kind of get some of what people have been saying. Like I said, mm-hmm. so we've been saying about comic voice and about how this is a a perspective that we're not seeing and how it, it causes you to examine your own gender biases and, and, and how it's the similarities to Louie and all of that. So finally mm-hmm. for me, everything kind of clicked. And actually I've been seeing for the past few weeks watching this show, such a strong parallel to, to sex in the city with so much of it. And, um, and I, and I think it was smart to call that out in the pilot like they do. Um, well, and, and every single episode where you see Shoshana's room. Yeah. There's yeah because there's a big old poster. Although I, although I have to say she's the only character that isn't really working for me yet mm-hmm. because she's such a cartoon and, but they've got time to, they've got of, time to, but for to me when, that. when uh, she's sitting at, when Lena Dunham's character is sitting at the end in front of her computer screen typing and, and trying to, you know, it was such a callback to me, for me to the, those shots of Carrie from sex in the city mm-hmm. that it's, I think that makes it even more interesting to, to look at. Although thankfully, no narration. No narration. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying that it's a similar show. I actually think it's a very different show, but yeah. there's just oh, I'm these just saying, little... Yeah. I'm just saying that's a stylistic move I appreciate is yeah. no narration. That was nice. So, so yeah. I you know, So you're on board for the rest of the season? Yeah. I'm definitely uh, curious to see where it goes from here, and I thought it was a huge improvement this week. Now, for me, another huge improvement was Veep, but I get the feeling that I, I'm alone in that. I think most other people liked the pilot more than I did. What, what did you think? Yeah, I didn't like this as much as the pilot. I, Although, I don't know, I'm really conflicted about the show. It's much more of a classic sitcom, I would say, than the thick of it. Or mm-hmm. it feels that way to me. It, it feels much more... It, it feels much more organized around a single idea, which sort of escalates over the course of an episode. And here it's sort of the stomach bug and what happens with that. Uh, I thought I found the first half of the episode especially quite light on laughs. And I think I, I'm having a general problem with the show as it is right now, where, I mean, the episodes are written so far by Ianucci and Simon Blackwell, who I believe is one of his writing partners from In the Loop slash Thick of It. And it kind of feels like there's a lack of cultural specificity to the humor mm-hmm. like it, it's it's broader than the thick of it was in terms of how it dealt with its locale which is you know where they come from and I, i'm sort of missing that element and it, it's it's definitely funny i definitely enjoyed it um but it's 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 lacking some oomph for me so far okay yeah i i thought this episode was a lot funnier than than the pilot i laughed more i i didn't feel it didn't feel awkward to me the way that the the pilot did where it, i felt like it was the same show but with different characters in a different mm-hmm. se- you know I, f- I felt like this was a much more uh s- specific i guess it's a uh, interesting that you had such a different take on the episode for me it was a much more specific show to these characters in this particular situation as opposed to generic uh semi-incompetent people doing their jobs i i mm-hmm. for example enjoyed that we see them 
being competent at at their jobs over the course of the episode just little touches like wait actually, when are they when are they being competent little touches like at the beginning of the episode we see that they're they're actually finding people the right people to to move their initiatives forward okay yeah able, fair, enough, know, fair enough fair enough you know they're they're not the the least awkward conversationalists shall we say but i mean dan mm-hmm. has his idea to have her go to the frozen yogurt shop it's a good idea and it it is only derailed by these you know things that come up but the initial idea itself is a good one and uh you know so even just little touches and then then i I was laughing at little touches like the like the the frozen yogurt flavor discussion and how into it you know the 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 idiot from the white house got uh, who by the way is the total mvp of the show so far (laughs) He's amazing. <laughs> I think for me, it's still Anna Tomsky, but uh, but yeah, he's he's been a lot of fun. And uh, even ju- I mean, I thought Julia Louis Dreyfus is a lot better this week than, and they give her more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, just her reaction shots when hearing that the president is having a heart attack was just hilarious to me. Yep, and I I have to say, although actually it was you know fairly low humor, but just her attempts to eat and enjoy yogurt. Yeah, uh, near the end of the episode, were pretty priceless. They were they're very well executed. Yeah, I thought that was that was, that was even just the 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 putting a box around the 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 veep. You know, we need to block out. You know, was 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 pretty great. When you say a show that's specific to these characters, the difference between, um, in terms of the cast of, of say the thick of it and and uh, this show is there is more. I mean, people like Matt Walsh and Julie Louis Dreyfus are sort of maybe more accustomed to they they can do rapid fire dialogue as well but mm-hmm. Louis Dreyfus is also great at physical comedy yeah which there's there's basically no basis for physical comedy in the majority of the thick of it and mm-hmm. so they are sort of toying with different forms of humor than they're used to I would just like a little bit more cultural specificity yeah no I, I totally see that political yeah. specificity I think they're trying to intentionally keep it they, I don't think they want to label her as either Democrat or Republican and so I think because of Which that, Which is fine, and actually it's great, but that that that, but you, it's hard to have too much specificity yeah. on that if you're not yeah. going to, we'll, you know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's ways to make it a double-edged sword that mm-hmm. really does cut both ways, and that could work. And I'm just I'm hoping they can sort of figure that out over time. But yeah, yeah it's definitely not bad, just not quite yeah. as good as the pilot for me. Okay, so next we have the amazing race, and uh, we had we said goodbye to Mark and Bopper. Yeah. Yes, we did. It was. I was somewhat frustrated, uh, not frustrated, but uh, disappointed that there was no catch-up point. Episodes where there are catch-up points seem so sort of vague uh, as for, you know for when they're going to happen, and it's, it's you always mean the fast forwards. No, I mean where there's a flight and it's overnight, so every it doesn't matter that. For example, the, oh, the yeah, episode yeah, with yeah. Mark and Bopper one, they had like a several hour lead, but the next day they the first thing they did was catch a flight to India, so it didn't matter. Whereas right. this this week, because of the, what the challenges were, there was no possible way that they were going to catch up when they were three hours behind, just because the right. other challenges weren't hard enough. <laughs> yeah, um, to me, honestly, the episode never got more entertaining than watching Rachel just freak out when she realized that they could win if only she would shave her head, <laughs> and yeah, uh, and just her like mini breakdown of that. I was laughing so hard. Oh, it's uh, interesting. Maybe that I had such me. a different take on that. Um, no, I'm sure most people were laughing. For for me, it's just so clear that she's incredibly, uh, she has incredible self-esteem issues and uh, and body issues and 
end and that to her well, yeah, she is that, more concerned she's she yeah. is feels so insecure that that she would rather have the shield for as she thinks of it of her of her yeah. hair so she can hide the fact that she's not pretty is what i, I think honestly over a million dollars it was just the numbers of it that made funny. That that, that was that was oh, funny to me. Like yeah. she she spent what like three hundred dollars on five hundred bucks on her hair. Five hundred dollars on her hair. If she fast forward to the end, they would have each won ten thousand dollars. Yeah, but it wasn't about the money at all. Yeah, it was I never know, about know, the money. I know. But I know. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, I I I I can't feel bad for her. I just can't. She's <laughs> too horrible. No, I mean, uh, and I I liked the fact that Phil called them out at the end and just said, C- "Come on, guys." Why? Let's stop <laughs> acting like children. Can we just? Yeah. Can we move on here? Uh, so, I, I we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I I uh, changed my pick for Martin JJ, even though they are not out. I don't like any of the teams that are left at this point, which yeah. is why I didn't get like any points this week. I'm officially in last place in the pool. Dan has overtaken Adam. It's still se- seemingly a two man race for for first at this point. But um, but I just I. They Art and JJ have just been self-destructing over the course of the past few episodes. So yeah, and they're just so unpleasant, and they've gotten more unpleasant every week. I feel. Yeah, and... I think the edit was kind to them for a while, and they've decided not to be at this point. Yeah, and it's actually it's kind of sad, but like the the the, the least annoying team to watch right now is probably Vanessa and Ralph, just because they yeah. don't talk much. <laughs> well, and and they don't yell at each other as yeah. as much. Yeah, as long as you keep them away from uh, from Brendan Brandon and Rachel, and Rachel they yeah. they tend to be fairly. And she was, and I have to say that uh, Vanessa was a huge trooper in terms Absolutely. of with her their twisted ankle. That was that was pretty impressive. Well, and especially you know she just she kind of, when she's talking to Ralph, she mentions it's the ankle that has the pin in it, which means that that's an ankle she's had surgery on before, and so she she could tell she was she was hurting, but also I think she was really concerned that she had seriously messed up her ankle that has already mm. you know that she's had issues with in the past and i think it was also a nice reminder because you know, they're both in such ridiculously good shape it's a nice reminder that they're like 38 almost 40 as compared to brendan yeah. and rachel who are in their tw- i assume they're in their 20s yeah um, so so i think you know little things like that are, are were more interesting and and she's definitely a lot tougher than she seems so while she can be kind of bitchy she at least is is more she she's not saying oh no i'm a girl i can't possibly do a physical challenge uh, yeah which is definitely the most grating sort of through line of the entire yeah. season i also want to mention dan of course who's our current front runner in the pool is, has his reviews of uh, of amazing race and survivor up at sound on site and i've i've really enjoyed actually reading his amazing race reviews and posting some mm-hmm. thoughts after yeah they've been great so um, next we have Mad Men at the Codfish Ball, and we decided to take Mad Men out of the spotlight this week. Uh, for, uh, why, what was your reasoning? Um, it needed a break. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't quite, it was a, still a very good episode, I thought. Not quite as memorably sort of out there as last week was. It was definitely a much more conventional episode of Mad Men, but uh, definitely a lot of good stuff. Uh, credit is due to uh, Karen and Shipka. She's fabulous. She's so good, and mm-hmm. uh, she gets to dominate quite a, a quite a lot more of the episode than she has gotten to in a long time. Um, and she, hey, she she even gets to talk to Matthew Weiner's creepy son a little bit, which is, <laughs> we haven't seen him in. A, I'm sorry, Matthew Weiner's creepy son, but you're creepy at this time in your life. 
Um, <laughs> maybe you'll normalize later. You, you um, realize he could just be a a, a good actor because the character is kind of creepy. Maybe, maybe, but just saying, Kieran Shipka is really good. Maybe he's really good. Maybe, but Kieran Shipka is we at least we can agree is is fantastic, and I love her whole everything with her and Roger Slattery mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah, it's, and I mean. We kind of you 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 sort of you definitely see where the whole thing is headed, but it doesn't make it any less sort of devastating, especially mm-hmm. because she's so good. Mm-hmm. It was great to see Don and, and Megan be on the same page mm-hmm. uh, for once. I do have one weird niggling problem with the episode, which is: Are Megan's parents supposed to be Parisian or Quebecers? Because they definitely don't sound like Quebecers. Yeah, they don't sound like Quebecers. I think the mom maybe is supposed to be French. But or are they moved to to because I know we know that Megan is from Canada, is from Montreal I think. Yeah. So, so I think maybe the the mom really felt French, particularly like where her accent did not sound uh, uh, Quebecois. So I no, maybe they all. moved there like because the dad's a professor, so maybe they're French, but the dad got a job at a university in in Montreal or something. Um, but yeah, I was also somewhat. Puzzle. I had to remind myself that they were supposed to be Canadian. Yeah, so that was a little weird. It would have been nice to just a half a line of dialogue explaining mm-hmm. they were they were Parisian would have been nice mm-hmm. or something. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great to see Megan be good at her job and yeah. sort of and to riff with Don and have them not sort of basically trying to kill each other. Although that they may resume that at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, I don't know what what did you notice about the episode? Well, yeah, for me that was one of the the, the biggest things and um, and. Like I said last week, I think that Megan is really good for Don if he doesn't fuck it up, basically. Um, and I think she, this was just evidence of, of, of how strong of a support and, and, and also because, because his, his last girlfriend was Dr. Faye, she originally felt like she was not as, not as intelligent, um, in comparison and I think that they've done a really good job of making her an interesting, dynamic, intelligent character over the course of this season. So I've really mm-hmm. enjoyed Megan this year. I also think I really thought that the Peggy scenes were great. And even just her small scene with Joan was, was again, Joan mm-hmm. is such a class act. Um, but 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 yeah, I think Peggy's journey this season has also been been really, really interesting. And yeah. the, the just the, the dinner she uh Elizabeth Moss just played that scene so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, uh, I, I I do think her one scene with Megan was a little on the nose in terms of yeah. sort of outlining the themes that are sort of common between them. But uh, everything to do with her mother was just so painful and horrible in a in a good way. I mean, mm-hmm. in a dramatically effective way. Yeah. Oh man, she is a horrible woman. <laughs> now, do we know what Megan's original job was? Like, why she came to New York? No. Uh, as far as I know, we don't, or at least she, like, to when... be an actress or a writer or. Yeah. I mean, when we, I assume it's something creative. Otherwise I can't see what, why her father would have made a big deal about it. Like I, based on the fact that he's a communist, I can't imagine, or, or a, sorry, more likely a socialist. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine him, you know, why aren't you following your acting career? Like it, yeah. d- 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 it just doesn't square. It would have to be something creative or something, you know, politically mm-hmm. minded. Uh, but we haven't really heard anything about that. So that's sort of another intriguing thing about Megan. Well, and they did a good job of showing her, not on we, but just her, 
just especially when Peggy says this is the best that this job gets, just her clear uh, meh reaction of like, oh crap, is this the best this job gets? Because I yeah. don't care anywhere near the way that you guys think I should. Um, so so yeah. we'll see where where this where this takes her, but. A lot of a good episode, not you know, not as groundbreaking or as interesting perhaps as last week's episode, but I don't think very many episodes yeah. of Mad Men are going to top last week's. Yeah, and uh, I think it's been. I mean, if we look at where we were at this point last season, I think it's been more solid. This Absolutely, year. it's been a really solid season. It's. I mean, when I try to think of my favorite episode, I mean, I guess my least favorite is the Betty episode, but if I try to think of my favorite episode, it's you know, it's it's hard for me to do because there have been a lot mm -hmm. of really good stuff there has yeah. been a lot of really good stuff um i so we should we should move on um game of thrones goes to Perrin hall we're gonna have the sound of sight game of thrones podcast out which you will be on um that's gonna be yes. going out on wednesday uh wednesday evening so uh, again scheduling issues have uh bumped that back a little bit but i liked it you liked it it was very good so, uh, i have my review up it was up uh, late sunday night so you can get my thoughts there uh, it's definitely getting they they're going at a very good click now yeah so and yeah we need to get we need to get kiernan shipka and Maisie williams in a, a movie or a or a film or a tv show or something together because man she's fabulous as well so yeah well but we'll i'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about uh when we get to the game of thrones uh podcast later this week which will be out on the televerse feed and also up at soundhouse.org but let's move on to monday um i watched the voice which they had the semi-finals uh, all the all the the final two of each team performed the teams two of the teams performed together the other two teams performed together lots of performances um the the thing the the thing for me with the semi-finals is that um it's unfortunate that particularly CeeLo's team, both members of CeeLo's team are better than most of the people who are there. And the other thing that's frustrating is that the best person from Adam's team probably will not make it to the finals because the other person on his team is more popular, particularly with the, the teeny boppers and, and the, the, the ladies who are going to more likely to, to vote in to support dreamy Tony Luca and Katrina Parker, I think, is probably my favorite person there, um, who's also on Adam's team. Um, there's a couple others that just there's one in particular who just shouldn't be in the competition at this point. Uh, it's from Christina's team, Chris Mann saying Ave Maria, which I'm sure for everybody else was amazing, but for me, wasn't because <laughs> I'm you know it's when you're singing Ave Maria, you just sing Ave Maria. That song does the work for you. You don't need to add flourishes to it. And when you do, it just comes off as showy and egotistical and takes away from the power of of that piece, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he's wearing a white suit, a silver scarf, and there was smoke and fog all over, you know, with <laughs> candles. I mean... Okay, I, I haven't been following the voice, but that is hilarious. Yeah. As soon as I say that, you I mean, and he's obviously, he's a good singer. It's really nice to see, because I, I get I get frustrated sometimes when whenever they talk about how someone, so-and-so is, isn't trained and has, you know, has taught themselves how to sing and, and like that somehow makes them better. That gets frustrating frustrating to me. It doesn't make them worse, I don't think. I think Juliet Sims, who uh, has no training, like some no professional training or anything like that, is one of the best people on the show right now. 
but having training doesn't make you worse. It gives you so much, it gives you a much wider range of, of skill set to, to be able to project and to, I mean, just listening to him shape his vowels so to, to, so that he can have the, you know, the, the optimal sound placement in, 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 uh, Sorry, I'm getting more technical. Uh, well, I, I don't think it's about better or worse. I think what they're trying to go for, and you can take issue with this, mm -hmm. is there's this issue of elitism where, oh, I ha I didn't have that leg up of, you know, being trained from age seven or whatever. I, I just have this naturally or whatever. Yeah. Well, if you're yeah. not as good, then it doesn't matter to me. But <laughs> if you're if you're better, good for you. They're trying to create artificial divisions between people so that you'll care more is basically what's going on. Yeah. Well, and it just did something that, I don't know. There's this notion that if you have training, you're less authentic is also frustrating yeah. to me. Yeah, you know? definitely. It's like that. It's just this notion of, oh, I'm not, I don't have any of that book learning. So you should, you <laughs> yeah, should, again, it's, I'm yeah, better because I don't have education. Yeah. It's, know. it's another version of anti-intellectual elitism. Yeah. Just sort of transferred to the artistic realm. Well, and I do want to stress that juliet sims was not saying that she you know like the that was coming more from the way that the the segments were put together and edited and cut i don't that's nothing that any of the people on the show are saying it's just sort of the subtext yeah. that i get frustrated with but anyway so i'm looking forward to seeing who who makes it through i think the overall quality is pretty good i, I thought that the group numbers worked really well and um i i think it's got to go to if the best singers actually make it to the finals, I think it's going to be between, or it should be between Juliet Sims and Katrina Parker, but we'll see what happens. Um, so then, then, then our final show before our spotlight is smash and smash. tech. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say we let's keep this to three minutes, three minutes. Okay. Uh, the good uh, was mostly the stuff with uh, Tom mm -hmm. and his storyline. That was fine. Pleasant. Yeah. Uh, nice. To, I was really glad that his boyfriend's father wasn't a homophobe, or there was no weird tension in that family other than professional, which was yeah, really, which was refreshing. Well, and they it was Clay handled, Davis, and it was Clay Davis. Yes, of course. And I, I just felt like they handled that whole thing. It was very classy. Mm -hmm. um, what else was good? The, I mean, the opening number was okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think Megan Hilty sang the crap out of her song later in the episode. The montage was not good, but the song and the performance itself, she did a good job. Yeah, although I was distracted by how badly, like, the, the overdub of her voice didn't sound like it was happening in that hotel room at all. It started out sounding live, and then it clearly wasn't. And then at the end, you know, it, it, it's, it felt more authentic again. It would have been nice if they had done one or the other for me, but... Yeah, but um, let's... Yeah, that was about it, I think, for the good stuff. Uh, let's see. Let me see. I, I I will give more praise than you to another opening uh, of another show cause, for another because I I love that I love that number. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, it didn't have the energy that the actual orchestration of that song does because they wanted to throw in these little flourishes from the the score from the score to Bombshell. Um, but I do really like that that number. So I was glad to see it come in. Um, what else? I, I'm glad that we as far as positive things. I'm glad we got a couple of these boxes ticked and out of the way <laughs> but that's gonna lead us to our negative things so let's start uh let's start with dev okay dev why are we supposed to care about him at all he's been just a total shit from the beginning mm -hmm. practically and he does exactly what we expect him to and he's utterly useless yeah 
Uh, but he's still not as useless as Julia, I don't think. She's got to be one of the worst main characters on TV right now. Uh, just mm-hmm. her whole reaction to uh, everything with... Uh, I've already forgotten his name, coming back as Demasio. Michael Swift. Michael Swift is just so shitty. That, <laughs> did, I don't, that didn't bother me that really? much. What bothered me is the fact that they're bringing him back is tiresome. As, cause I, but as far as her reaction, I think that she brings up a great point that they have they have experience with other people coming in last minute and, and pulling it off. And the fact that they don't even entertain that notion is somewhat frustrating. And I think it, it becomes more about, for her, not the fact that Michael Swift is coming back, but the fact that this is something that she cares so strongly about and she's just being bulldozed over and ignored. Eileen makes good points about you know about this being about more than just her but i think it also has to do with she's one of the creators of the show and she has a really good reason for not wanting him back and they don't care yeah i guess i i I guess i don't care either because i'm just so sick of the way that she handles the whole relationship with him and just juvenile way yes it's all incredibly juvenile for sure and then the last scene it's just so bad yes i ivy and and dev and we haven't even talked about uh tom's random i think i'll sleep with the the lead thing not tom Uh, sorry uh, jack that actually didn't bother me weirdly enough uh jack davenport you mean derek yeah um that actually that didn't bother me that much i mean there's a long and storied history of directors and stars fucking randomly uh i mean they 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 cheated a bit by having him seem very decent and genuine and mm-hmm. and sort of be breaking that mold but that yeah. was probably the it was a sort of a dumb plot twist but it was less annoying than all of the others practically For, i mean i like that they have done a good job of showing that he is a good director and he's good at working with difficult talents and he's good at you know i i I also, having played so many musicals and been in so many hell weeks over the course of of, of my life, uh, there are elements to to that side of it that I really enjoyed, and I actually would have liked to see more of that. Yeah, than, totally. Yeah, because you know, uh, I mean, and also, I, it's one of the, one of those things that I think didn't translate necessarily. Karen's um, frustration at at Dev coming in and dumping the but stuff on her yeah yeah that it's didn't tech. work at all if you've actually had that experience which I'm sure is only even more intense for a professional thing because you have a day or two days not a week to kind of figure this stuff all out I imagine it's exhausting and incredible like that that is actually a legitimate thing to say but it just doesn't work instead she just seems like a bitch which she, just she seems shouldn't. like a bitch yeah yeah which she shouldn't because she's absolutely right um but uh i don't know I, is this is this uh stop watching the show bad for you yet i don't know next week next week looks so bad that i almost have to see it um yeah I, i'm actually because i do still think that there is an interesting show to be made out of pieces of this yeah um but i think i think for me the most frustrating thing right now is that it's so obvious that uma thurman is not going to be on the show long term so stop pretending she is yeah. stop trying to make me care about her we did a great job oh, and why would you to... trust ellis oh, yeah that sucked uh, we did a great job keeping that to three minutes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, this is what happens. Uh, uh, anyway, sorry. Let's 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 move on. No more smash. So let let's listen to a little bit of uh, music inspired by Mr. Ron Swanson, and come back and do our spotlight on Parks and Rec: The Debate. I am a lineman for the county, and I drive the main road. Searching in the sun for another overload 
Lineman by Glenn Campbell, which was uh, featured in this episode by a little uh, musical ditty from Ron Swanson as he's climbing the light pole or the power. What was that? Cable. Cable. Tower. Cable tower. Phone line. Thing. Whatever. Giant stick of wood in the ground. Um, yes. So, so uh, this is the the debate Parks and Rec's uh, much hyped episode written and directed by Amy Poehler uh, with the return of Paul Rudd as uh, Bobby Newport and uh, for many one of the high points of the series. What did you think of this episode? I thought this was. Uh, I don't think it's it's the greatest episode of Parks and Rec ever, but I think it's definitely. Even if you don't think it's necessarily the best episode of the season, I think it's 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 a very clear demarcation point for the season, and I think it's a it is a high point of sort of the election uh, plot, which I think they've handled spectacularly well. And I think we we both agree that for the first stretch of the season, it didn't feel like the show was on its highest gear. Um, it definitely felt like it was a downtick from season two, uh, a marked downtick, so much so that we. We, we talked about that a lot when we were talking about ranking our favorite shows last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really think that over the last while, as long as they've been dealing with, with this plot line so directly, it's it's really been great. I think it's been almost, if not quite up to its season two peak, then pretty close. And I think what's really great about this particular episode is the way Polar finds a, an ideal use for everyone in the ensemble not just in terms of comic potential, but also in terms of uh, where the characters are headed, and um, in terms of in terms of giving everyone something to do that is theoretically interesting. And uh, I thought the debate itself was great. I, I was actually miffed that I couldn't access the director's cut of the episode on the NBC website because you can't stream it from Canada. Mm. And apparently, it had an extra six minutes, which I assume featured more debate. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, there was. I found very little to dislike. Yeah, I, I like this episode. Obviously, it's, it's Parks and Rec is a great show. They do a fantastic job uh, of, as far as character development and interesting things going on, but also just laughs per minute. They do a really good job on the show. Amy Poehler obviously knows what she's doing, and she wrote a very strong episode and did a good job with her direction as well. Um, I think, for me, a lot of this, this episode suffered from the hype. I don't think it was the best of the season. I don't think it's necessarily the best of you know necessarily even in my top five of the series um i don't i mean i would immediately go think of something like flu season or the the various camping trips with ron as all being funnier better episodes than this Mm -hmm. um and while much of the cast i would say i would agree is utilized really well um for example um jerry has nothing to do unless i'm forgetting something and, Jerry, I don't think he. Yeah, he's barely in the episode. And uh, Reddit's character, whose name escapes me for the, for the moment, has nothing to do. And... Well, no, that's not true. I I, I love her reaction shots to uh, to Chris Pratt's um, to Andy's uh, movie recreation. She's actually sort of key to making that those work. I mean, she doesn't have anything to do as a character, but yeah, she's, April she's a has key nothing to do. Scenes. Um, I don't think that's true. She 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 
pokes Ron into getting them cable. But what else does she do in this episode? And she gives Andy a lap dance. Yeah, I don't. You've already forgotten. I've that, already. You? It, it was. It did. It wasn't funny <laughs> enough to to make me remember it. Um, then, then as far as the debate goes, I was really disappointed in much of the debate because it was so one note and it granted the the appearance of uh, Buddy Garrity uh, as as one of the uh, other people running because I've I've been curious. They say you know that they're. Uh, Bobby Newport and Leslie Nope are, you know, basically the ones vying, but there's always these other list of names. There's always the fringe candidates, yeah. So I, I liked having them in here, and that was fun. But everything with, with Bobby Newport in the debate was the same joke or the same through line, and there was, you know, it, it, it just wasn't... I was I was hoping for more debate, and I was hoping for a more interesting debate. I don't know. I mean, I I can't really imagine what else you could do with Bobby Newport in a debate situation. I mean, he's uh, he's been very consistent as a character in terms of what he's like and the reason that people sort of might be expected to vote for him. And I thought that having sort of Catherine Hahn's character orchestrate this uh, Sweetums-related uh, coup or attempted coup was very clever and I thought was, actually, was sort of uh, unexpectedly cutting in terms of sort of the show dealing with you know sort of corporate yeah, influence definitely and, but that's and, one um, that's like three minutes of the show at the end that's well, the rest of the the, the rest of the only, debate there's only so much show yeah but the rest of the, of the debate is oh look bobby newport's an idiot but everybody's laughing it up no but there's more to it than that i mean she she constantly has to readjust how people are reacting to her she has to she has to not come off mean but she also can't sort of sort of build up something that isn't real and I, I i liked all the scenes of her and uh and adam scott sort of constantly sort of readjusting mm -hmm. calibrating but sort of but ultimately sort of deciding okay well there's only real, there's only really one way you can do this and that's to be true to yourself yeah. and it's it sounds corny when you say it but i thought it was really you know i thought they really sold it and i thought her uh her closing speech was basically basically killed it. Yeah, it was it was really strong. I, I like I said, I think the biggest problem for me with this was the hype. I you know I had heard that this is a great Paul Red Paul Rudd uh, Emmy submission for best guest star, and I he didn't do hardly anything in the episode. He had one. He did a good job with his one note to play, but nothing. I wouldn't I wouldn't throw him out as a potential best comedy mm -hmm. guest star by a long shot over the course of the season. Catherine Hahn has, does a really good job with her one thing to do, but she only has one thing to do. And I don't know. And while, while Andy's <laughs> recreations of movies was hilarious for me, I guess I just, I was hoping for more. Cause I, I had more fun watching the vice presidential debate from the last, <laughs> the last election than I did watching this debate. And that's right. But that's also what, two hours long. Yeah, so that's true. And I mean, we're we're dealing with what twenty characters or something that were in like a twenty-three minute time span. Yeah. I mean, people aren't going to get much more than one note per episode. Uh, we oh, of course we haven't discussed uh, everything with uh, Chris and um, and Anne and and, and, Anne Tom. and Tom. Yeah. Which which I I love that they're still messing with people's heads. Yeah. With, with Anne and Tom. Yeah. I don't know. I know that's really got people in a tizzy, but. I've been quite pleased with how they're dealing with that. Well, and bringing back, bringing up the why aren't Chris and Anne together, you know, thing I think was smart, and I like that they shut that down 
you know they brought it up yeah. and then shut it down i thought that was that was was smart mm-hmm. and it and it continues to have chris traeger in sort of tailspin mode which is for me the most entertaining <laughs> chris traeger mode yeah we'll, we'll see what happens for the through the end of the, the season with him but i so i think for me you're right there are, there are only so many minutes in in a half hour show there are a lot of characters i think just by trying to have every incorporate everyone, it diminished a lot of the the potential. So I would have because they they were so there was so much going on. Each of the things that were going on were were good, but they were it just felt dis- disjointed. I guess I would rather have seen a, a tighter focus on the debate, like just the debate, or you know, with cutaways, I guess, to Andy's antics. Or, or have an episode focus on, on mm-hmm. Ann and Tom. I would, you know, I guess I, I think it was trying to do too much. Or I, maybe even just if it were a double episode, that would have worked for me better too. Yeah, and it's ludicrous that 30 Rocks had a bunch of double episodes and Parks hasn't had any. Yeah. Because Parks totally has way more, could do way more with a double episode mm-hmm. than 30 Rock ever has. Yeah. Well, and, and also Ron has almost nothing to do in this episode either. So... I guess for me, that's why I, I probably wouldn't be saying this if I hadn't been hearing for months. Mm-hmm. Oh, just wait till the debate. <laughs> he shimmies up a cable line singing Wichita Lineman. That's good enough for me. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I don't really have much more. I've been a bummer for this entire spotlight. Do you have any? You totally have been. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I expect more from Parks and Rec. It's it's one uh... of, I think it's one of the, the best sitcoms that, or comedies, not sitcoms, comedies that we've gotten in television. And I expect mm-hmm. more from them at their very best than this. Not well, that it was bad. Uh, it was not bad. It was good. But it wasn't mm-hmm. great. Well, we'll have to see uh, if they can make you happier with what they got. <laughs> How many episodes left, by the way? Uh, I think two? just a few. There's the bus tour. There's the finding out who actually um, won. Uh, two, sorry, two weeks left to go. Yeah, that's what I thought. And um, it's again, it's to their credit that I don't know who's going to win, and the show could kind of work either way. Yeah, absolutely. And and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't definitely doesn't feel like either outcome will be a deal breaker. Yeah. So, uh, let's uh, let's take another break and uh, come back and do our season spotlight on the Good Wife, its finale, and all of season three. Stay home. Believe you know everybody. I think I do. Hello. How are your negotiations going? Well, I don't like giving five minutes to agree to my settlement offer, and that time is up now. We're suing you. On behalf of LLC Pharmaceuticals, makers of Vericine and Elbitil. And their insurer, Life State. We join forces to sue you for $50 million for fraud and malicious prosecution. Come on, this is harassment. Is that your legal opinion, Will? No, it's mine. Your company doesn't like being sued. Try making products that don't kill and maim people. Here's a better idea. Stop intentionally and wrongfully instituting legal proceedings you know are without merit. We were just awarded $25 million. I'd call that merit. No, I would call that judicial bribery. Oops. Is that a sensitive topic? This case was built for a jury. You requested a bench trial. It's a million-dollar case, and your basketball buddy awarded you $25 million. It was cleared by a grand jury. No, you weren't indicted by a grand jury. You gamed the system. I know you will. You can't do that with me. Or with me. That's right. We're the dream team. That 
that was the uh, theme song to the good wife and we are we decided we had this week the finale of good wife season three which was the which was the dream team and saw the return of martha plimpton and michael j fox and uh we were trying to decide if we should spotlight that and then it occurred to me uh the, the, the this has been a jam-packed season of the good wife a lot has happened we really like the show we should spotlight this the the season rather and skip the dvd shelf so then we tried to find a guest i know three people who watch this show besides you and none of them could come on you, you know what's strange is this is probably is this the highest rated show besides let's say the amazing race that we watch it seems like it probably is. Well, I watched The Voice, but it's it's up there. It's one. It it's second place in its time slot. Highest rated scripted show that we watch, probably, and yet we don't know anyone who watches it, uh, which probably says, you know, we already know that the demographic for the show skews old. I don't even know. I know three people. Those three people are all the only people that I know, including Twitter, including you know, talking to to the listeners. I don't, and and I think it's also interesting. They're all men. I don't know any women who watch this show. Um, interesting. Yeah, and, and yeah, so it's just it's who nobody's watching this show, and and even more than that, nobody's talking about this show, which I don't get. Which is really too bad because it, I find it interesting that like you know we we decided that we really I think girls kind of clicked for us this week, mm-hmm. but it's it's. Pretty regularly that the good wife is dealing with a lot of interesting issues, you know, revolving around sexuality, gender, race, ethical, political, and legal issues. Mm-hmm. And it's it you know it it's never it's never a buzzworthy show on that level just because the it's so right consistent. demographic isn't watching it. it because it's so consistent and because the wrong demographic is watching it. Yeah, um, which is too bad. Uh, so maybe we should start by talking about the finale. Yeah, uh, the dream team, which. Um, I thought it was a pretty solid finale. I didn't think it was spectacular, mm-hmm. but I thought it, I, I think one thing that was great about it is the first two season finales. I don't know if you remember, but they both end on pretty melodramatic cliffhanger notes that are sort of atypical of the rest of the show. They end on very strong and relationship-centered notes. Yeah, that are sort of, but it, it places these moments tend to place a higher emphasis on. Sorry the finales tend to place a higher emphasis on those aspects than the rest of the show does. And it sort of makes it seem weirdly skewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this finale was better about that. We, we, you know, we do get that one scene of Will and Alicia in the elevator, but that's really kind of it. And I mean, we, we do get those hilariously awkward scenes of her standing around with, <laughs> with the everyone two men in her life, <laughs> which that was fantastic. And it, it's, it, it, it's amazing how little that seems that have, they haven't done that a million times because it is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole thing with Martha Martha Plimpton turning up and teaming up with Michael J. Fox was actually I think it turned out to be a little underwhelming. Actually, um, it didn't seem like they had a solid enough enough plan for them to be so convinced of their that they were going to come out on top. Like, and they had two separate instances of, of saying we're the dream team, we're the whatever else they call themselves. So that mm-hmm. was. Slightly disappointing. As fun as Martha Plimpton and her kid were, <laughs> that that song coming with the the toy coming back so yeah. many times was great. Yeah, and it should have been tiresome, but it was funny every time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I I felt like they trumped that up a little bit, but uh, but it was it was still fun. 
and I'm very intrigued about what they're doing with Kalinda for the first time in a little while. Well, and as far as the the dream team, you know, the titular dream team uh, goes, I think that the, for me, the reason that worked uh, is because of the end of episode reveal that it was just a misdirect and the, you know, so any, any, really any lawyers could have come in and done that, but because they sent in Patty Nyholm and, and, and Canning, Lewis Canning in, that's what caused the, the team at Will and, and Diane to take such a focus to mm-hmm. put such focus on it. So if it had just been two other lawyers, they could have, uh, yeah, probably handled true. it, but then then it wouldn't have distracted them as much because they're such forces to be reckoned with. I do agree, though, that having both of them there, because there's only so much time, I guess, for for them. I think either one having either one of them by themselves would probably have uh, felt more dramatic and um, and and would have given them more to do because they were splitting the task, you know. Um, but I do think the notion of them kind of teaming up is, is pretty fantastic. And I, 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 we haven't gotten any Martha Plimpton in quite a while. So I was yeah, very much she's enjoying fantastic. her. She's great. She's so great. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously she's a little busy, you know, with raising hope, with raising hope, which is also <laughs> coming back next season. Um, right. but, but yeah, so I, I really in, enjoyed that. Uh, as far as Kalinda, I agree. It's, it's interesting. We've had her husband teased before. I felt like we had actually met him. But apparently I'm Definitely. crazy. I think you are. But but I agree. It, it's nice again to have her to have her vulnerable like she was last week to to um to to see her making decisions and to see you know I like that even just the fact that they had that nice scene with her and Will where you see that she and Will are friends, but Will isn't enough of a reason for her to stay, and yeah. I like that Alicia is and. and that they, they play just how significant because the audience really cares about that relationship. And it's mm-hmm. been one that's been crafted over the course of the season. Their, their dynamic has been really carefully plotted over the course of the season. And so I like that the characters are clearly just as invested as the audience yes. is. And just on a base level, they really had, they were playing up the Kalinda badass card way more than they have in a long time and that was actually quite satisfying oh yeah great she when she goes to get her sledgehammer a sledgehammer yeah, yeah. that was great is this too big no no it's like <laughs> you're is, you're really short you're sure you yes i am sure yeah it was great um let's see let's talk about we had i just i gotta mention because especially because i just saw it at ebert fest this past weekend movie night at the floric house is take shelter which was a great uh pair which was actually I mean, it's a both. It's a hip choice that you know, yeah. Certain people in the demo will notice, but um, it was also a great thematic pairing for you know, them trying to size up, mm-hmm. you know, all these all these threats and the it, coming it, and, storm, know, the coming storm. I mean, you know, everything from Plimpton and Michael J. Fox to even Jackie, who oh, and yeah. trying to sort out what's going on with her. I was sure she was not making it out of this episode. By the way, oh, when it opened. Um, she she was looking dire, so I don't know how much longer she's here for this world. Because uh, everything with oh, and another uh, interesting tie to take shelter was the way she was perceiving the television as being mm-hmm. on and then off. Yeah, a little bit, which is very unusual for this show. For this show, well, it sort of reminded but, me um of of Injustified when we got that just out yeah, of nowhere yeah. return Arlo, of Helen. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it's, you know, and they did such a great job and it, 
I enjoyed just the deliciousness of how bitchy she was in the past couple of episodes. And they did such a great job of building that up to then just undercut it this week where she's starting to lose her faculty. So just as you start to really enjoy hating her, mm-hmm. it's 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 more far more interesting. And uh, so, yeah, it was I, I really look, I'm looking forward to where yeah. that's going. I mean, it's I mean, it, it's a pretty tip. It's a pretty standard sort of cry wolf scenario where <laughs> Mm-hmm. At the point where she actually could use some sympathy, she's not going to get any. Yeah. Or at least not, maybe not in time. Mm-hmm. Or that's how it seemed to me anyway. But uh, I was surprised that they there wasn't more finality on that uh, on that subject before oh. the end of the, of the episode. Oh, no, they're going to string that out. I, I guess so. Definitely. Um, There's a lot of dramatic potential there. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought this was definitely one of their stronger sort of less... I, I, I do find that their finales do sometimes err on the side of the melodramatic and this to me didn't do that so much it was smarter and sort of subtler than usual yeah i mean i i I do think it's probably my least favorite uh, finale because i think they've done a really good job with their finales and while i did really enjoy the the awkward uh elevator or standing outside the elevator scene as each person kind of added it's like who would be the most awkward person to come next oh here they are uh Mm -hmm. that was it, it was a little too cute I think, mm-hmm. and and a little too extended. There was a little too much time on a couple yeah. little elements like that, which which uh, kind of detracted from the overall effectiveness of the episode. But, but, you know, something I really appreciate about this finale, and maybe that we can sort of segue into talking about the season as a whole, mm-hmm. is, you know, the end of the previous seasons has... And this 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 episode does sort of, again, find her at a decision point of sorts, although it's... Uh, sort of a less it's not as much of a of of a pressing one but um you know she finds herself you know between will and peter or between yeah supporting peter or not supporting peter whatever Mm -hmm. um and so much of the season is so much more open in terms of what her options are or aren't like you know she could live with peter and sort of just seem like the you know sort of support him just as a candidate she could actually come back to him maybe although that doesn't really seem like a valid option mm-hmm. um will is still floating around although they don't seem to be much of an item um everything about the season sort of is foggier and sort of more ambiguous mm-hmm. and it's been and i think this finale sort of reflects that a little bit and i that's sort of what i really enjoy about the show and i've talked about how um there is no clear um there is no clear ending, or, or more specifically, there is no clear happy ending for mm-hmm. The Good Wife. And, yeah. it, I mean, it's not the sort of show that's going to end Breaking Bad style, <laughs> like, <laughs> in in utter misery and dis, and, and discord, but, is, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know you, you, it's a relatively cozy show. Like, you know, it's going to end, you know, it's going to end well for all the people we like, because it's... That's sort of the aura of the show, but you have no idea what that means. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a Firefly, well, there we are, or there I am, kind of, uh, or here we are, I think it is, kind of ending uh, to, to the to the, to the the show. But definitely it's been, a, like you said, a murky and event-filled, and to transition, a guest-filled season. We were, Jesus, yeah. Let's, let's talk about some of these. I mean, I was, as I mentioned, I think my single favorite moment of the season was just uh, uh zach grenier uh david lee dressed up in his uh uh modern major general <laughs> outfit uh gilbert and sullivan 
but you, we've had okay let's go we've had carrie preston as elizabeth tassioni one of my favorite uh guests on the show we've totally yeah michael She's j fox lisa edelstein was was here this season it's easy to forget because that was felt like feels like so long ago we had an economy mm-hmm. rose for quite a while we had at the end here matthew perry we've also i mean there there have been any number of one-off people but then there's also been the the arcs of caitlin was all this season um and mm-hmm. uh and there's it's been you know everything with parker posey and um amy sedaris was all this season not uh, to mention the judges not to mention the judges uh so uh, it, we had the arrival of uh, fred melamed was in one of them from mm-hmm. uh, from the coen brothers a serious man who was fantastic mm-hmm. i always love it when kurt fuller pops up absolutely absolutely and uh, you know, finally, we get like we mentioned last week. Stephen Root joined the judges panel, which seems like uh, overdue. But but yeah, I mean, what looking at this the season as a whole, what stands out to you? Um, I mean, and I've also said this before. It seems like every seven or eight weeks, or every six or seven weeks, they'll come out with an episode that is just mind-bogglingly good. Mm-hmm. And I think. There may have only been one or two of those this season. The obvious one that stands out was episode seven, uh, Executive Order 13224. Bob Balaban. uh, Yeah, with Balaban, which was uh, amazing. That is is a a stellar hour of television. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it is one of the most, it is probably the most consistent drama on television. So that's, yeah, we've said that's another reason that it doesn't get much attention. And it's, you you do kind of wish that they would pull out an episode like that, you know, out of their hat a little more often. Mm-hmm. So maybe it would help people take notice. But um, uh, I think in terms of things that weren't so great, you know, the one uh, guest we haven't mentioned yet is Dylan Baker, who mm-hmm. showed up at least twice this season yeah. as Colin Sweeney. And his first appearance was pretty effective, but then they brought him back again. And it to me, it felt like overkill and mm-hmm. no pun intended. And... Um, they, I feel like they need to retire that character. Yeah, I think he could definitely use a bit of a break. I actually enjoyed his episodes this this season quite a bit, and though though it was, uh, it was it could have potentially a bit of overkill. I, I did enjoy just the twisted nature of his and uh, and his and Marina Baccarin's relationship in that mm-hmm. second episode. Marina um, Baccarin also another <laughs> shows up guest star. Um, for 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 me, I guess the weak point for the season, I would say, is it was the Eli um, election thing that we got the, the love triangle sort of with Amy Sedaris. I mean, we're both on the record as thinking that did not work at all. Um, But, uh, but I mean, if we're, if you're going to talk about love interests, we we should talk about uh, Diane and her stable of fabulous older gentlemen. That, which is awesome. I I love everything to do with that. Uh, I I especially love Gary Cole, who unfortunately wasn't around much this season. Mm Hmm. Yeah, I love um, uh, Diane and her and her com- unknowingly competing love interests, and I'm I'm that's a pretty great well just in terms of both originality and sort of comic potential and mm-hmm. and giving her stuff to do and as, as outside of the office and I thought that was consistently great and yeah. uh, and again another element of the show that nobody talked about even though it was pretty unique. Well, and I'll, yeah, it's just they're not doing that elsewhere on television i would i guess smash angelica houston it has has a, a love interest there but for the most part on on television if you're an older woman you're you're not getting any basically uh so yeah, pretty to, much to see you know her actually trying to 
to seek out and find, you know, like a significant other or just to not be alone, stuck at work all the time. Like so many of these uh, powerful women on television tend to be. It was, it was really nice. Uh, I would also say I really enjoyed the arc that we got with Caitlin and just from her introduction, I kept being surprised by where they took that character. And it was such mm-hmm. a nice parallel to, to uh, Alicia's journey. Yeah. And that was a great example of the show defying expectations, but not in a big dramatic you know, game changer sort of way, just in small, satisfying, um, sort of provocative ways that reflect the themes and tell us things about the characters and sort of make them reflect on where they are. I thought that that's a great example of them doing that. Um, I, I have to uh, also mention Matt Zukri, mm-hmm. who I think over the I think over the course of the three seasons, I think I can safely call him most improved. Okay. Because I feel like he was fine to start off with, but I really feel like he grew into the character and really became this very distinctive presence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I enjoyed him on uh, uh, when when he showed up on, on Gilmore Girls and so these other series where I've seen him um, before. But I, I think he fits really well with the ensemble here and uh, brings a lot of uh, charm. Doesn't feel like quite the right word. Uh, a nice um, sense of humor but also uh, intellect to what could be a really straightforward role. Yeah, yeah. He's got the, the sort of the very extremely dry wit mm-hmm. sort of down pat. And he, I think it took him a little while to figure out how to do that without seeming smug. Yeah. And um, that, that, which is a really tricky balance. And I, th- and I think he's, he's just nailed it. And he's now back at Lockhart Gardner, which was maybe the one thing that was really easy to see coming this mm-hmm. season. Um, but it's still great to see him there, and it's sort of him being excited about being back, like a like a school kid was sort of was sort of nice. Excited and also disappointed uh, at how how he has he's back where he started ish, and uh, you know when he just looks over and sees Alicia's giant office, you know. Um, oh well, there's time for him to fix that. The what if if there was one element of the show that I felt. Uh, I missed this season. It would probably be the kids. And, and that was such yes. a fun element to the show in previous years. And I do think it's nice that unlike some other shows, we don't have, um, they don't feel the need to incorporate the kids every week. So therefore we don't get these melodramatic, forced, twisty, yeah. forced sort of storylines. But I definitely, especially when they're on the, the couch together in the, the finale, I realized just how much I'd miss them, how much I'd missed Eli Gold's daughter, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping, I guess, that they incorporate them more over the course of the next season. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that the only plot line I can think of was the thing with Alicia's daughter and her friend, which was, in retrospect, mm-hmm. a little random. I mean, yeah. it was interesting, but it didn't really contribute a whole lot in terms yeah. of, I mean, it's because she, cause the daughter's been around so little. And yeah. so is the son that it sort of didn't, I mean, maybe they'll do something interesting with that later and that they are great about sort of calling back to previous seasons and building characters over time. Um, but yeah, totally. We need more time with the kids and how many shows can you say that about that? You want to see the kids. That you more? want to see the kids more. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the final thing for me with Will and, and Peter, I do think we should mention, of course, the, all of the Will and Alicia relationship is in this season. I thought they did such a, a great job with the two of them and making that, that really, it, it made sense. They had been building to it for, for two seasons. And I think they did a good job of the payoff and also the fallout being appropriately messy without 
being over dramatic and overwrought. And the other thing I would say is Chris Noth, I think was really good over the course of the season. I like that Peter didn't become just a good guy or just a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that I think cause he, he's was sort of sporadic over the course of the season. I think the actor was on Broadway. And so that kind of affected things. I hope we see a more consistent presence uh, from him next year. Yeah. Um, and in retrospect, the whole Will and Alicia thing, any other show that spent two years building up to a romance would have the characters falling head over heels in love for each other and, mm-hmm. you know, b- big dramatic arcs and, and, you know, heavy conflict. And this totally didn't do that. They they yeah. went a totally different direction with it. And, you know, and have, you sort of get the sense that, that, you know, Will's sort of more in love with her than she is with him. And yeah. that's a... And for a, and but in an adult sort of way, not in but a, in a not, realistic, not in a mopey teenager smash sort of way. Yeah, and um, that's a, another very interesting dynamic you don't see on other shows. Well, and because you don't, it doesn't get in sort of a Game of Thrones kind of way. I feel like Will usually isn't a point of view character, so he yeah. doesn't have people to talk to about that, so it doesn't come up. You know, with Alicia, every now and again, her brother would would show up, and so we'd get sort of her take on on the emotional side of how she's dealing with all of this. But, but for Will, it was clear that he, you know, had stronger feelings for her than she, for him. Cause she has all this other stuff going on that affects things that, that is affected by that. Um, but we didn't see longing looks after they broke up at work. We didn't, see, you know, they they came back to work and they were doing their job of being professional and making, you know, treating the situation again, like adults and like professionals and not like so many of these other shows on television would treat that relationship. Yeah. And speaking of guest stars, Dallas Roberts is great as Leach's brother. And I'm hoping he gets to turn up a few more times next season as well. Mm-hmm. And if, if it means that we get some more Carrie Preston, Will can get in, into legal trouble every week as far as I'm concerned, because I still want her spinoff series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say one of the few lowlights for me also in terms of guest stars was I didn't really like where they went with the whole uh, Wendy Scott Carr thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I found that, it, especially in retrospect, the whole climax of that was su- surprisingly overheated, mm-hmm. which is really not usually a problem for this show. Um, and they sort of turned her into a fairly two-dimensional villain, which yeah. was disappointing. Disappointing. Because uh, she'd been so great on in sort of previous installments, but even... But even that was at least entertaining. Like, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a train wreck. It was just you know not quite as deep as they normally go. Yeah, we have a, a lot coming next season based on the number of of things left up in the air at the end here. Um, but I'm certainly looking forward to it. And and people catch up with the Good Wife over the course of the summer. You would be surprised how quickly you could do that. You could skip around and and get caught up and be ready to go for next season with the show. I was kind of, I mean, it, it does get good ratings for CBS, but it doesn't have the best demo because of course, as we said, <laughs> young people don't seem to watch this show, but it's really good. And I, I think more people should give it a shot. Totally. I'm very curious to see who they get to play Kalinda's husband. Cause he's going to have to measure up to their other uh, cast members. Mm-hmm. I vote, uh, I vote for Eamon Walker from lights out. <laughs> uh, they, they, they need someone who can do scary. Yeah, but of course they could they could also go in a, like a Peter Stormare direction with that if they feel like I don't know I have no idea what they have in mind but I'm very curious to see absolutely and uh, though I would say what I'm most curious about next year is seeing more of Matthew Perry just being evil uh, that should be fun 
uh, as, yeah. as the lead up to the governor's race. So, so yeah, so good wife, another, uh, fantastic season. And, uh, we're, I'm, I'm going to miss having it. It's so reliable. I'm going to miss ha- not having it on, on Sundays. Yeah, I agree. But you know, it, it does, it, it does air most of the year. So yes, that's true. It, that's it'll, true. It'll, it'll be back before too long. Yeah. So a few show notes before we go this week, uh, you can find us of course at soundinsight.org. We'll have a post up there for the podcast. Please leave us comments. Ken, you owe us a comment. So I expect to see that, that long, ridiculous, uh, post that you, that you have promised us. Um, and, and so please let us know what you're thinking about the, the, the different shows, television this week. Please give me a hard time about Parks and Rec. I expect it, really. Um, you can stream the show there. You can stream the show at Current. We're up on iTunes with an M- M4A and an MP3 feed. Uh, please leave us comments and or, or um, ratings and reviews there. It really helps us out. We're still sitting at four and a half stars uh, since we lost that, since iTunes ate that, that one uh, rating for us. So it would, it would be nice to, to hear from some more of you there um i'm on twitter at the televerse you are i'm at sucker howl and we promise we don't bite so you can reach us there we also have a uh, gmail so you can email the televerse at gmail.com and uh let's see what should our our question be th- this week i don't know uh why don't why aren't you watching the good wife <laughs> actually dicks? i actually am curious uh i know some people just haven't gotten around to catching up with it but what is keeping you from from checking out good wife that's a good question so please let us know um so let's see our intro and outro music is sweet petite by the bicycles and we will be back next week with another episode of the televerse thank you for listening (laughs) 